0: I'm Harris for a three ball, he got it! He
1: is sacked, down he goes, Tyler Hoover. Franchine good, it's good! Kennedy looking, center shot, and a score! A score! away from one tackle, he's at the 20,
2: the 15, the 10, he's got speed, he's going to the end zone, touchdown
3: MSU! Live from Impact Studios, the only sports show from MSU campus.
1: This is the Pack, and your host, Fino. That is right, your host Fino. I'm back, guys. 7:01 Eastern time here, at WDBM East Lansing, Michigan. Live from the basement of Holden Hall. We're all back. It's the Pact. As of. Gorgeous. Lou DiVizio said, Lou, how you doing? Doing all right?
3: Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, Thank thanks
1: you. for the intro there. I hope you liked our new introduction on the Packton. You know, guys, it was a very interesting 2013, and believe it's the first time we're on air, you know, no snow day. It's actually still freezing out. I still think it's freezing. People are like, no, nope, you know, it's fine. I go, no. I wore a t-shirt outside today, if you know. Stop it. <laughs> you, no, you didn't. Yes, no, I you. did. Oh my god! It's almost <laughs> as ridiculous as the MSU toilet paper, but um, <clears throat> but anyway. So barring the weather, MSU wins a Rose Bowl first time we're back since they won a Rose Bowl. Have to mention that. And guys, I mean, it's just a testament of what this team went through all year. It's pretty unbelievable. So I, it's just you, you can't say enough about the way this you know the way this football team played, and even what's going on with basketball. We have Harry Jaden here. Harry, happy 2014. How are you doing?
2: Good, good. New year, new intro. I like that, Lou. Got to give him a shout out. Yeah. There. Great thank job, you, giving the people what they want. Ever since he was born,
1: right? The Gary <laughs> Thorne clip never get that gives you chills, does it not? Gary
3: Thorne. I mean, his voice is
1: just unbelievable. What a hockey mind! Um, but we do also have Austin, Mister Champagne Shower, my man. Hey, Austin how are Goodman, you how are you? Uh, you know, I can't complain. Had a good break. You? Uh, had a good New Year's. It was a lot of fun. Hung so, out with the friends. So, so 2013 was great to you, and all for the better, my friend, for 2014. Thank you. And of course. Um, Faith, <laughs> whose mother's cooking. I is Kay, I know you're listening, but I always tell Faith and I had a taxi, the hot chocolate was delicious, and I, I still have it. And little Bailey's though. Little Bailey's to make it all <laughs> make it all better. Faith, how are you, Faith? I'm
0: wonderful, thank you. Looking forward to the new year.
1: Yeah, we are. And you know, I'm looking forward to a lot of things with the pact. Um Absolutely. we're talking a lot of stuff today. Didn't really say that, but now I'm saying it now. Um so a little different format, so we'll kinda kinda bring our viewers exactly what they want to hear. We're gonna make it a little more debate, kinda like going back to what our MO was We're going to have two of our panelists first, and then for the first half of the show, and for one quick segment, and that's going to be on MSU Basketball. We're going to have Faith and Lou and myself. We'll kind of break down MSU Basketball hard-hitting topics. We'll get a quick break um, around 728, and then after that break coming around at 731, we're going to go in with the BCS discussion. RIP to the BCS. Rest in peace. Is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? We'll bring our other half to the PAC panelists, Harry Jaden, our tennis star, and Austin Goodman. And they'll break down the BCS and exactly what to expect next year. It's gone. The playoffs here. Thankfully, thankfully not. We'll save all our thoughts. After that, we'll hit a quick break. And then we'll kind of get a prediction for Michigan State basketball this week. They do on Wednesday play Northwestern. That's a game that every expert in the country and any person in the world expects to win. But we're going to get predictions about this Illinois game. At Illinois, Michigan State playing a true road environment, which we really haven't seen yet. So that's going to actually be pretty unbelievable. So they'll play that game in Illinois, in Champaign, at Assembly Hall. So we'll get predictions from our pack analysts, our panelists. And, of course, we have to be talking this saga on Alex Rodriguez. 60 minutes yesterday after that, Broncos win Omaha-Omaha. Peyton wins, and they go to the AFC Championship game. But after that game, guys... It was a very intriguing interview with um, Mr. Bosch, Tony Bosch, Anthony Bosch, uh, founder of Biogenesis that has affiliated themselves with Alex Rodriguez and has continued to come out with allegations that Alex Rodriguez, um, he injected Alex Rodriguez with performance-enhancing drugs with needles six times. Because I quote, he said that Alex is scared of needles and they had a whole system with elogens and gummies and testosterone and whatnot, all all accused, um, accusing Alex and hearsay, Alex is denying all the charges um, as he is suing Major League Baseball, which I thought is pretty unbelievable, but you know what? We'll talk about it later, and I think Alex Rodriguez has a legitimate gripe. I think he has a legitimate gripe the way Major League Baseball is treating him. I thought Alex Rodriguez never tested positive. He admitted to having steroids, but he never tested positive, and I thought it was pretty interesting, guys. Just kind of sit on it before we get onto that discussion. But C-League wouldn't testify in the arbitration hearing between Alex Rodriguez and Major League Baseball. But he was very reluctant to do that, and he didn't do it. But here's what's interesting. 60 Minutes, Bud Selig had an interview. Bud Seelig spoke about Alex Rodriguez in that interview. Alex Rodriguez's attorney spoke in that interview, but not Alex Rodriguez. As I mentioned, Alex Rodriguez is suing Major League Baseball after they got a suspension reduced from 211 games to 262 games. Baseball fans, that's a season. So that's pretty interesting. And opening up with something so great, it's a big issue. People are still talking about that. What are the Yankees going to do? Forget the Yankees and the baseball aspect of thing. Is Alex, you know, that's something we'll debate here. Does Alex Rodriguez have a gripe? He said he tested, Major League Baseball tested Alex Rodriguez 12 times. He passed every test. Okay. So according to the Major League Drug Policy Agreement with the Players Association and that joint agreement, if you test positive, you get a 50-game ban. If you test positive a second time, 100-game ban. And then if you test positive a third time, it is a lifetime ban. So it's just really interesting, and I'm so curious to hear everyone's thoughts about it, but we'll save it for the end of the show. I thought it was just, just pretty unbelievable to just open up with that. So that's a new format, guys. That's exactly what we're going to roll with. Two guys debating, we'll all decide who wins the debate. Callers, you know the number as usual, 517-432-3893 is our number. Um, But as I continue, um, that is our number here on the Impact 89FM. But I do have to address something for, you know, we're getting a lot of people calling in the station. And it's sad, but our transmitter obviously isn't operating at its full capacity. So I just wanted to address that real quickly. Um, It's operating at 3%, so you understand um, how weak it's performing at. The show can still be streamed online. As usual, on our website, um, impact89fm.org uh, slash sports or just the Impact's website, 89FM or impact89fm.org. So the transmitter is in the works of being fixed. Um, Station manager Sam Riddle and our general manager, Ed Glazer, are both working the issue with the director of broadcasting, Gary Reed, WKR. So that's something really important I just want to address to our viewers. So please don't feel discouraged if you cannot listen to it on your car dial or your truck or your RV, for instance, you Breaking Bad fans, wherever yes, you are. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so you can always stream it online per usual. But we'll bring it up into our second, um, our first debate topic. It's with Faith. It's with Lou, Divisio, yeah, and let's Faith. let um, Yeah, let's go, Faith. You're right. <laughs> it's MSU basketball. And what to expect out of this basketball team. My first thing, Faith, is so far this season, what is your take on MSU basketball? Do is this team overrated? I mean, they're ranked five. They were one at one point. They, they, for their standards, is this where Michigan State wants to be?
0: I think they could be higher, but they're not okay. playing up to their potential. And um, you say, you ask if they're overrated. I don't think they're overrated. Like I said, I just, they're hurting. You know, they've got people out with injuries. They've got people out with sickness. I don't think they're playing up to their potential. And I think they could. They have, They do have the potential to be a great team. But oh, we're just not seeing it yet.
1: You're just not seeing it yeah. yet. But I mean, here's my thing. What do you think, Lou? MSU overrated or not? I'm going to say to an extent,
3: but I want to hear your thoughts. I would agree to an extent. To an extent. Because potential is one thing, but you don't get to number five in the ratings for potential. And I think that they might be a little bit too high as far as national ratings go. But there is no doubt that that potential is there. And the injuries have been a problem, especially with some of their big guys like Payne. Uh, Trice has been out. And even some nagging problems with Harris, Appling, and uh, Dawson. So, I mean, when even though even if you don't miss a game these guys are still hurting and it's it's kind of apparent and I think that that's uh you can chalk that up to kind yeah. of a lackluster start so far
1: I agree you know I you know just to correct myself I said they're five they're four I, Wichita I'm in that Wichita state of mind they're five so Michigan State is four but in the USA Today coaches poll they actually got a number one vote so someone thinks they're good enough I'm gonna say this every team has injury guys every team has injuries every team is dealing with this issue so is MSU vulnerable I think they're overrated to an extent and guess what they have to play better and I think with Michigan State you can't you know against a team like Ohio State the fact that Michigan State came out of that game and won is a gift they remember how they lost against Indiana Victor Oladipo goes in and slams it on him in the last second that's a game on that breakaway you know what he they should have lost on that last play and the fact that it went into overtime is a gift, is an absolute gift, Faith. I think it's a gift of fact, but they said two games in overtime, you're losing the whole game against a decent Minnesota team, a team that's been pretty pretty much whipped around. I mean, the way I see Minnesota is just this. They're a team that, you know, Michigan absolutely clobber that team, I'm pretty sure. There's a lot of teams that look good. So my thing is, okay, as many people say, Michigan, okay, is the best team. Michigan State is the best team in the Big Ten. But here's a team that, you know what? The likely the likelihoods that that a good team plays, guys. Syracuse is a great team. Indiana, okay, is not having a good year, but they are still looking somewhat competitive to an extent. But Faith, would you say that mi- the opponents and the just the teams that Michigan State is playing? I I don't know, Faith. I just think they're overrated to an extent. And I I just want to know why, why. You know, you're saying to an extent not so much, but why?
0: You know. Like I said, it's the injuries, and I, I understand that everybody has those. Yeah. If you look at some of the actual games, like um, Kentucky, if we're looking at North Carolina, if we're looking at Ohio State, we, um, North, Michigan State did not play up to their potential, which, I'm, like I said, I know we keep throwing around potential, but it's just we do have those guys out pain out. You know, that really like hurt Michigan State against Minnesota
1: yeah, I mean, look, it, there's no doubt that the pain injury is is affecting it. And, Lou, you can see it. But is is this team off
3: one guy? Yeah, that's what I was actually just about to say that. I mean, obviously, pain is a huge part of this team. I would say that he and Appling would, I mean, together, they're the most valuable players. I don't think you can question yeah. that. Yeah. But, right, I mean, you come into a game without a guy, you know preparing for that game that he's not playing. It's not like it came out of the blue. Right. And, and still they have a lackluster performance like that. And so I, I think they have to build their mental toughness. I think that's been proven in a lot of their statistics also, N- namely rebounding. I think rebounding is has a lot to do with pain kind of being in and out, uh, it, but also just mental toughness. I mean, those are balls that you just want to have. You need to have those. And right now it doesn't seem like they're as devoted to getting to them as they should be.
1: They're really not. And the the thing is, when I see rebounding, look, I think obviously the, the sad part is, is Michigan State is the best rebounding team in the Big Ten, in my opinion. In my opinion. And that doesn't say a lot because rebounding-wise, the Big Ten is pretty undersized, rebounding-wise. But now we see the likes of Fran McCaffrey's program in Iowa. And the likes of, you know, I know Illinois is not ranked. They fell out of the rankings. They were 22 They're not ranked, but that's still going to be a competitive game, Faith. You know, you look at Dawson. The guy's averaging 8.7 rebounds a game, okay? So we look at Dawson. Is Dawson now, has Dawson's play been disappointing? Because when you have a big guy out like Payne, to me, Payne's not even the best player on the floor. It's Keith Harris. Keith Harris. It's Gary Harris. Keith Appling is also great. But Gary Harris, in my opinion, is the best player on the court. 17.8 points. He's a scorer. You know what you're going to get out of that guy. But Dawson, ever since the ACL tear, has been just a disappointment. Tough injury to come back from.
0: No, he definitely has been a disappointment. I have watched him multiple times where even on defense, I can see him just standing there, not even going for the, going for the rebound. Nothing like that. And I have been very disappointed with his play. I mean, if you look back on the statistics, let's look back at North Carolina. He had two points, three rebounds, zero blocks, zero steals, and for 17 minutes of play. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. Yeah. And then you look at Ohio State. Four points, four rebounds, one block, two steals, 34 minutes. And I just think Dawson should be averaging more for the amount of playing time he has. You're
1: saying po- like point-wise or you're saying rebound-wise?
0: Both. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, he is a big guy under the basket, so ultimately he should be doing bigger things.
1: Here's my thing that with that, and we're going to bring—I mean, I want loose take on this, but here's my thing yeah. with it, okay? We're, it's early in the season, so he's getting the. You look at his career; he's a junior. He's getting he's getting the most career minutes that he's had so far, barring he's healthy. Yada yada yada. He's averaging a career high ten point four points a game, but that doesn't say much because block wise, he's still down point one from his average. I'm just disappointed because if you're Michigan State, you got to find a way to get him involved. You know he, this guy is not going to shoot up from the elbow and just expect you to switch it. you got to get him involved. He's physical. He's a dunker. He's a rebounder. He's a guy you got to give out the alley you got to get him involved
3: more. He is. I think the name of his game is athleticism. Exactly. And that's why that ACL tear hurt him so much. And maybe he is. I think there's a difference between being cleared to play and being mentally prepared to play after an injury so significant as that. I mean, it's kind of similar to ankle and foot injuries, especially in basketball, and especially when you play the type of game that Dawson plays, because you're you're mentally aware of it. Every time you step on that leg, you're thinking, like, you're thinking maybe this knee's going to give out. You think he's
0: still thinking about that? Though. I yeah, do you, do you really think he's still thinking about that? I think
3: that? that maybe he might be. I don't know for sure, but I think that ha- has a lot to do with it. And, I mean... Injuries really do take a toll on an athlete's mental perspective, Yeah, and especially when you play that type of game where he's rebounding 8.7 a game. I think that's where he's kind of put his focus, and I think it's kind of cost the rest of his game, and it's kind of cost – I guess it hasn't cost the team. They're 15-1, but it's still kind of – it's cost his potential.
0: And when you say he keeps thinking about that, though, I kind of disagree with that because you see him – he threw it down – Had a huge dunk against Indiana, and then you saw him gloating. You know, he went up to the cameraman and he was, you know, in the cameraman's face, and then he was walking back, like strutting his stuff, not getting back on defense.
3: There's a difference, though, between confidence and overconfidence. And when you're not a confident athlete, sometimes you do stuff like that to kind of build yourself up and try to act like, oh, you know what, I am in this game, when really, maybe you're still not 100% mentally there. And I think that that might be the case with Dawson.
0: But can we talk about maturity, though? I mean, he's a junior, so absolutely, I feel like. You're kind of past the point of where you're throwing it down. Understandable though. Like I get where you're coming from, but
1: the thing with college basketball maturity nowadays is college basketball is such a young sport now. Guys, elite basketball players are not staying in college basketball for more than two years. The thing is with college basketball, I think college basketball is extremely immature. It's very immature. I would completely. Agree. It's. Yeah. Co- it I mean look at the game now. You got someone like Jabari Parker. This kid's like 18, 19 years old. That guy's not gonna. Pay. You think that guy's gonna play next year in college? No. They're not. So I think that college basketball, the game has changed now. They, ever since they mandated you to go to college for at least a year, the whole one and done thing, if you're really skilled, you're going right to the NBA. Now that that's not an option anymore, you're bringing that youth into college basketball. And back in the day, when you, want, if you weren't leaving for the NBA out of high school, you were staying in college basketball for three, four years. There was none of this one and done thing. I mean, to, if, if you were extremely good you left for two years. If you were extremely good. But if you look at look at that fab, look at Chris Weber and the Fab Five, that elite team. That team, you know, I understand sanctions, Steve Fisher, Booster. <laughs> but look, the elite, all the elite players on those teams stayed for two years. And some of them even stood for three. But the point is they got the back to back national titles and that immaturity. And I think for me, with the allegation aspect of it, but look, those are good players and they stood two, three years. Now, you get guys in college, one year they're out. That's it. So it's an immature game going back on both your points. It's like, you know, I get it. He's a junior. He should be more poised on the court. Yeah. And I think there's other guys on the basketball team that hold more, have more poise on the court than Brandon Dawson does. Absolutely. I think Gary Harris is a professional. I think that kid just shuts up and plays basketball.
3: I think that's an absolutely correct statement. But you still have to remember, I mean guy who says it more than anybody is coach Antonio. i mean these are 18 to 22 year old young people and there's going to be immaturity whether you're first right. year or fourth year yeah. and That's- obviously when you're placed in a position of leadership like Payne and appling are they're going to have to they act more mature because they have that thrust upon them. but dawson's still kind of in the middle of that you know he's not Payne. he's not appling he's trying to find a spot and i think it's kind of costing him and i think i really do believe that 90 percent of this is kind of a mental thing for him
1: you, you could argue that. You could argue that, but we're at the point now. But here's the thing, and this is why I can argue, I can see his light fade. Oh, absolutely. It, because it's like, you look at, I know a different sport, but Robert Griffin III, when that ACL tear, mm-hmm. he, ne- he I think he rushed for like 400-something yards this year. I don't know the exact number, but last year he rushed for about 860. Half his yards, I understand he was hurt yeah. and stuff, but the difference is, you don't think that ACL injury, that's in his mind. So now his game is being a mobile quarterback. So when you look at that, now he's not running as much. That's part of his game. So maybe that at least is on the front of Dawson. You can see his argument, though, Faith. No,
0: I, I totally can see your argument. I guess for me, I just see that he's definitely a gifted athlete. Dawson is definitely a gifted athlete. Oh, but at I mm-hmm. just don't see the passion in him that I would like to see, especially from an older player, more I see experienced player. what you're saying there.
3: And, you know, I think that that has kind of been – he's kind of a barometer for this team, I think, which – it's kind of been that way all year. It's been that way for two years, I think, because is, he's gone. This team is kind of gone. And when he sinks in, it's, it's I, I don't
1: know. I just think he needs to elevate his game. <laughs> but I'm let not. me, okay, let me ask you this. Okay, so he needs to elevate his game. Fine. Okay, fine. But when, when we really look at the team, though, he's kind of lost in translation. He's a role, he he's a role player. He
0: gets lost a lot. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he's a role player. So when you get a guy like him going, it's going to take to the next level. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. So kind of to push this observation further as a team, as a team, what does he need to do to step up and beat teams like that are on the rise? Okay, Iowa State's not. But Wisconsin, you can get some Wisconsin people say, why do you think Michigan State's the best team in the Big Ten? I totally think Wisconsin's the best team in the Big Ten. And they're beating teams by 20. So here's my thing. Michigan State plays Northwestern on uh, on Wednesday. Okay, And I'm curious to know how... Dawson's going to play. And the reason why I bring this up is because against the garbage Big Ten teams, Dawson usually plays really well. Scored 20 against Penn State. That was the last really like, garbage team that in the Big Ten I thought was garbage. Like, he is garbage. Okay. So, on um, the Big Ten, is, I mean, like, Penn State is garbage. Like, it's, it's no disrespect. It's just honesty. Okay. I'm sorry. But the way it goes is. When you have these games and the likes of that, like they're going to be looking for pain. They're going to be looking for now Kaminsky, who's breaking out. They're going to be looking. actually, Denzel can keep bricking it. But you know what? They're going to be looking for these guys. This is where pain slips up. So now, as a team, as Michigan State, where do you see I won this? I was on the rise. I was ranked 14 now. I think I was the third best team in the Big Ten. That's right. The third best team in the Big Ten. They beat Ohio State. I think they're a better team than Ohio State. I think Iowa's a better team than Ohio State. Because they did it, they beat me by 10 at at Ohio State. You beat a team by 10, led by a great coach, Fran McCaffrey. He's a little bit of a nut job, but who isn't crazy? I mean, come on. But, like, the thing is, Iowa, for me, is the team to look out for for Michigan State. Because when you look at it, Faith, it's pretty scary. Because Michigan State plays Iowa twice. And it's lurking, the game, in Iowa, January 28th. It's this month. It's lurking, and then you don't play him at the Breslin Center until March, second to last game. They close the season very tough. So, eh. is Iowa not a team on the rise in the Big Ten?
0: No, they absolutely are.
1: Are they the third best team in the Big Ten?
0: Yeah, I could see that. Okay,
1: what do you I think? I would disagree. I still, okay, I think Ohio
3: State had that was just a rough game. I, I don't think rough you can, game. Yeah, I mean, obviously okay. it was a rough game. I mean, I mean yeah. Tells it all. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't think that you can put Iowa over them yet. I think when we play Iowa, that'll be that'll be the test to see where they are, and that'll be a test for this team because they're a team that I think does have that mental toughness. I've been saying mental toughness a lot. But I, <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. I think it's absolutely what Michigan State needs, and I think it has to do with sinking the competition. I think it has to do with rebounding. Okay. I think it has to do with all these things, and – I think Michigan State really needs to elevate that. Let me
1: ask you this, though, okay? And you mentioned eye mental toughness. What, what do you think Michigan State as a team, what do you think their one strength is? Is it rebounding? Is it shooting? Is it their playmakers? What do you guys think it is? Because I'm going to make a point off this. Uh, I'd probably say shooting. Shooting? Okay, so like their, their breakout ability? Faye, what do you say? Assist?
0: assists. Okay, yeah, they're third in the nation in Absolutely. assists. So
1: I, I can see why you say assists. Yeah. I'm going to say the way Michigan State in the past has won games is rebounding. They're away from the rebounding MO, okay? They're 22nd in the nation, nationally, in rebounding. Guess who's third? Iowa. And that's a crazy <laughs> team. Iowa's third. They're rebounding the basketball. And guess what? I'm basically criticizing my own argument that I made earlier in the show when I said, well, I think Michigan State's the best rebounding team in the Big Ten. I still think they are because they have the playmakers, but you can make a case for Iowa. And I just want the listeners to hear it, if anyone's listening. But, you know, the thing is, the thing is,
0: my I mean, mom's listening. Yeah, I know. Mrs. K, you're
1: always <laughs> listening. But no, I'm just joking with the transmitter, but we'll get it up. The, th- the thing is what Iowa is, is no one's – now people are starting to talk to them. Okay, you look at them. They lost in overtime to Villanova. Okay, we know that was neutral. They lost to Ohio, um, Iowa State, their rival, at, uh, at Iowa State, 17. They only lose to Wisconsin by four at the Kohl Center. But we know how tough it is to score at the Kohl Center. They put 71 points up. And then they beat they kick Iowa, Ohio State behind in their backyard at the Valley Center Arena. It's
3: good. It is, and I think that that's a team who benefited – With not a lot of hype around them, and I know coming into this year, everyone was worried. You know, Michigan State's ranked number one preseason. Every time Michigan State is ranked high, they don't really perform, and we're 15 and one. So I think anyone who's still really freaking out should kind of control. I don't think
1: anyone's (laughs) freaking out. Who's freaking
3: out? I I don't know. I don't know. It seems like people are just—they're just worried, you know, because because these big wins haven't gotten there. We've been—we lose to Minnesota through the first half halfway through That's the second what, They
1: look so unimpressive without pain.
3: It is. It is. Come on! And, and we want to see, like, a 20-point win. We want to see them put down a big team. We don't want to have a 17-point lead on Ohio State and then barely scrape by in overtime, you know? We need some impressive wins. And I think that I think that, it, that preseason ranking might have affected that. I know people don't want to admit it. The team obviously will never admit that. And no. they might not even think about it. But I think... I think that it does affect you, Madeline.
1: It does. But, and, you know, kind of going off the football for a second, you know, Michigan State's now four, you know, in football in the postseason. Next year in football, they'll be like 11, okay, whatever. And th- and they open up. They don't open up. They open up with a, cu- a cupcake game. But the, the point is they have to go to Oregon. And that's going to be like a top 10 matchup. Would that affect the basketball team? We'll find out. Is this going to affect the basketball team or a football team? We'll find out. Would this affect the basketball team? We don't know. I'm just saying. You said now the spotlight's now on Iowa. Will we agree the spotlight's now on that team? 14 nation people know. Okay, you just beat them by 10 on their court. Okay, yeah, spotlight's yeah. on now. I think so. I think the pressures, but I still think the pressure's on
3: MSU to prove that they're the number one team in the Big Ten, like everyone's claiming. That according my to here, the here, here my the thing, nation.
1: and I don't. I want to say Michigan State's the best team in the Big Ten faith, but and I th- I, I think they are. But Wisconsin gives me such a. They give me such a problem in making that statement. And I hope I, I'm gonna criticism over Twitter. When do I not? But it's <laughs> it's they're giving me a problem to say make the statement.
0: But I mean I hate again to bring it back up, but I do think the injuries and all of that has affected them because they're not fo- they're not working as a whole. Michigan no. State is not oh, working as a whole. Fate. And so when you're constantly in and out of practice, who you know, when you're not playing with the same guys and there's not really a lot of cohesiveness going on. Yeah. I Because mean, everybody's in and out. It's up and down.
1: But that' That's 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 athletics. I mean, you know, I, I I was just telling, you know, Harry, you know, off air, like, what's going on with his tennis? And you know, he's like, Yeah, like one of our teammates is dealing with like a knee injury. But like the like the whole thing is like the point is that's just tennis. That just that's sports, that's athletics, you know? You know, it, you know, you bruise a knee, whatever, what happens, or oh, that tennis issue, I know that's a big deal, they're moving. But the thing is every athletic team is dealing with injury. But it's this not bad. A, well, I'm, I'm, Michigan State is good enough that it shouldn't affect them. It's, they're good enough. The
0: guy should step up. The I agree. Should step completely up. agree. They're
1: good enough to do that. Michigan State, it's expected. Payne's out. I expect Costello to play.
0: But you see even Kaminsky stepping up to the plate.
1: He did. And Kaminsky's an excellent. Yes. He's been excellent. But where's Valentine been? Valentine's been in no man's land. That guy reminds me of J.R. Smith sometimes. Chuck's the basketball up with absolutely no reason. And it's just, you want to talk about maturity on the court? Let's maybe talk Denzel. I would agree. I think he's been a question mark. Mm-hmm. All I think he's year. been a question mark. Who has been the most disappointing person on the team before we hit a break? Both of you guys. I think it would be Denzel just for all those reasons. 100% I think it's Denzel. I would agree.
0: Dawson. I can't argue
1: that. As much as I want to be like, I think Denzel's more. No, yeah. But you know what? I really want to say it's Denzel. We'll leave it at this. Regardless of the fact, Michigan State is 15-1, and Lou. No one's panicking. <laughs> but I'm panicking to an extent because guess what? We're in the meat of this Big Ten season. And guess what? Michigan State's got a lot to prove if they expect to be number one at the end of this season. So you know what? We'll bring Harry and Austin back in. We're talking BCS right after the break. We'll do a quick break here on WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to The Pact.
3: You're listening to The Pact on 88.9 FM.
4: WDBM East Lansing.
2: For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week.
4: Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang <laughs> brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music.
3: Only on Impact Primetime. Primetime. You're listening to coverage of Spartan sports like never before as we embrace
1: the Spartan debate here on The path. That is right. We are embracing the Spartan debate. Welcome back, WDBM Slansing. I'm your host, Fino. This is The Pact. And, you know, on our first segment, we did have our our panelists, Faith and Lou, come in and kind of debate MSU basketball. Now we're coming in, we're embracing the Spartan debate a little furthermore with Austin and Harry. But before we do that, just a quick number reminder, 517-432-3893. Feel free to call in. 517-432-3893 is our number, as always. Um despite the transmitter issues, guys, you can still call in. We don't we the phones still ring. So you let us know. But guys, let's talk about our second our second topic that we really want to break down today. And it's this BCS discussion. Well, what are they gonna do with the BCS? Like it's gone, they got a playoff now. So thankfully, rest in peace. In peace, if that makes sense or not. Peace. I hope you yeah. peace. Hey, we're staying cry, right? <laughs> yeah, we board. Peace. Sorry. One of our No, it's okay. One of our co-hosts, Dan Cryer, he does a great thing. Piece. Listen, to uh, Walk the Line, if you will. He's actually teaching class right now, so maybe he's listening. But anyway, so probably knowing him. So, guys, we're talking to BCS here. We're talking a lot of stuff today, but we're talking to BCS, okay, in the second part of the pack, taking you all the way through about 750. The BCS is a big thing for me. Obviously, Jimbo Fisher made some comments about the BCS. He likes the system. Of course he likes the system. He just won the national title. So <laughs> I thought those comments were ridiculous. Um, but the thing is for me is – I want to know both of your guys' take. Do you like the way college football is moving into this playoff? Is four teams enough, though, for a legitimate, accurate playoff? Goody. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. No, it might not even be enough. I
4: think that the NCAA really should consider a top-eight bracket. Uh, It'll give more schools an opportunity, more teams, more organizations, more athletic departments, you know, a little bit more of a connection to their football team, get them to that playoff, and then get them through the playoffs. Now, Jimbo Fisher is talking all this stuff about how, oh, well, they're not going to be able to handle, you know, potentially playing 16 games in a season. Well, I think after a while, everybody will be prepared, trained well enough, and understand that they are going to be playing 16 games in the season. On top of that, it can also prepare them for the NFL a little bit better. I like
1: this. Okay, okay, you, you like it, but okay, four is what they went with, and I'm gonna. I think four is enough to an extent, but I think a top eight is where you need to be. I think top eight is where you want to be because you have one eight, two seven, you know, three six. I, I believe it or not, I, I passed math, but like that's the thing, Harry. And Austin brings a good point. But what do you think? You do you like the beast? Did you like the system? Let me ask you that. Did you like the system?
2: I'm gonna put it this way: the system is getting better and better each time they make a new adjustment. The BCS championship, the same thing was going on where people would say, oh, there's a national championship going to the Rose Bowl, going to the Orange Bowl, won't mean as much. And they're saying the same exact thing this time around where now everybody's only going to care about the playoff. Jimbo Fisher was talking about, let me just, I got, I got to stop and I got to talk about Jimbo Fisher right now because I think the guy is an idiot. Okay. Let me, let me tell you something that Jimbo Fisher said himself On November 12, 2012, when his team wasn't ranked as high in the BCS as he thought it would be, he called the BCS retarded. Wow. Yeah. Poor choice of words. That's a very poor choice of words. For him to come back and now say that, oh, I'm going to miss the BCS is just stupid. And his reasons for saying that he's going to miss the BCS are really bad. He asked, "How many times has the BCS actually gotten it wrong?" Well, I'm going to answer that question by saying this year. I think MSU was the best team in the nation. I think, I think we would have wiped you know, the floor with Florida State. They played a really easy conference schedule in the ACC. We took Stanford on head to head, and we won every game but that but, Stanford game by more than. 10 okay, points uh,
1: to so. not to cut you off, but I have yeah, to yeah, yeah. because you said you said that Michigan State was the best team in the nation this mm-hmm. year. I totally disagree.
2: Why do you disagree?
1: Because they're not, and Michigan State. You know they lost to Notre Dame at a neutral term, not a neutral term. I'm sorry, at Notre Dame. You could say the calls. You can say whatever. You can Mm -hmm. say whatever you want. But guess what? They lost. They lost. And the point is, the way the BCS system was made. Okay. The way that system is, if you're not pre-ranked going into that season, you're not getting into the national title game, mm-hmm. barring we had an apocalypto of events that led to where it was. The fact that Michigan State is coming out of the season ranked, I think, four is ludicrous because they shouldn't be that high, and the fact that they are that high is a win for the program. It's a complete win for the program. You know, and, and, and then you mentioned, or oh, well, I'll just sit on that. I want goodies remarks. Do you think Michigan State should have been a national title this year? We'll just say that. Yes. Why, though? Be- I like that about Goodies. Because they had a solid squad.
4: You can't vote against them when they produced. So, every- does Aub- so did Auburn. So Auburn did had Florida a State. solid
2: squad, but you could also say Auburn had a solid squad. The SEC was overrated this year. Alabama taking that L in the Sugar Bowl, I think it was. But, yeah. And also, Auburn had those two miracle plays. I know everybody harps on it. I do believe a win is a win. But MSU won. We did play in the week, Big Ten. The SEC was down this year. And we won every game by double digits. We, the one
1: game we lost, you could chalk it up to – it was at the beginning but of the here's season. But here's what an SEC guy is going to say. Mm. If I'm a Big Ten guy, they're going to be like, your conference sucks. That's, yes. what they'll, that's what they'll say. And how do you argue that?
2: I'm going to argue what's so good about your conference. You guys didn't have many good teams. Texas and this is A&M, what they'll say.
1: And this is what they'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll say, okay, we have Johnny Manziel, yes. who's incredible, but who the, broke Johnny SEC records.
2: Yes, he broke SEC records, but their defense was Swiss cheese. Okay, holes but, all over the but place.
1: I'm just saying as a player. Yes. I'm just saying A&M as a team is a great team. Yes. Okay? AM is a great team. is a great team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alabama's a great team. Auburn's a great team. Okay. That's just four teams off the top of my head. Yes. And now you look at Vanderbilt. I know they lost their head coach in James Franklin. They were nine and three. That's Vanderbilt. Yep. That's usually a bottom feeding team. Yes. Georgia was excellent, but they lost their quarterback, and that's why they played exactly, so poorly. Exactly.
2: Well, that, that counts for something. They did lose their, they quarterback, their so quarterback. They lost their quarterback. Where they weren't as great towards They weren't, weren't as year.
1: great, but guess yes. what? They still, and the SEC, let's match them up. Okay. The SEC can come back and be like, guess what? South Carolina. I didn't even mention them. South Carolina is a top ten team. Yes. Okay, they won. Okay, yes. the SEC against a Big Ten opponent, LSU. I didn't even mention LSU. Point is, SEC against Big Ten. <laughs> SEC I, won every match. I, I, I
2: think it would be just a lot, I think it would be a lot closer than you think it would be because the bottom half of the SEC is Tank City. Those teams are not very good. The Kentucky's down there. All those. That's teams, one team though. Yes.
1: That's one team now. That's yes. bad. But that's if one you think team. about
2: the Big Ten, there aren't many bad teams. Illinois like,
1: just won their first Big Ten title game in three – or a Big Ten game that's in three one. years.
2: You could say Northwestern was bad this year. They're horrible. Year, but but then, they were ranked they, at a they, point. Yes, exactly, okay, exactly. I'll give you that. But then they lost every well. game after yes, it pretty yes. Much. yes, and you could say that's the same thing about a Georgia team, which was good at the beginning of the season but didn't do as well at the end of the season. And But the fact of the matter is we are not judging by conference. We are judging by which team would have a better chance to win the yep, yep. national title game. And I think MSU would have stopped Jameis Winston. I think – I think our defense is one of the best in years. I think it goes up against those LSU defenses. It's the best defense in in the country. In in Alabama defenses that that played in the
1: national championship a couple years back and was really low scoring. All right, so Goody, what's your take on all this? Because obviously, like I I mean, I'm obviously supporting the SEC on this one. Look, I'm all for the Big Ten, but they're just not the best conference here. And I can agree with you on that. It the Big not. Ten is
4: not the best conference. But that's but not the debate. Yes. Exactly. That is not the debate. The debate is, could a, would Michigan State actually contend for a national championship? I think they would. Yeah, I think Yes. They do actually have the number one defense in the nation. That was proven. The no-fly zone, you actually can't fly it up there. Mm-hmm. It's
1: like highway robbery out, out you mm-hmm. know, in their secondary. But, yeah, yeah. No, 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 and I'll get back to you in a second. My thing is this, though. Okay? We're not saying if they deserve a chance. Because I don't think... I'm not saying that they des- they deserve a chance to be there, and if they okay and if they were there in that top four in that playoff they would have competed for a national title game I'm not saying yes. that I'm just saying given the system here in the b c s Michigan state didn't deserve to be there Does that make sense? I get what you're saying that's what, what I'm saying. just clarifying just i
2: i I understand why they weren't there, but I think if they were there, I think we would have Giving them a run for their money, if not beating Florida State. And also, that's why I think this four team system is so great. People who are talking about, oh, they don't have time to go to classes. Let me channel my inner Alan Iverson's. You're talking about classes, not a game. Classes. We're talking are people about people actually saying that? N- yes. Jimbo Fisher mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Oh, the kids, like, they can't take it with their study hours, stuff like that. Two extra wow. games in the year. But you have to think about it. The Big Ten championship took, took place the week before finals. Do you really think those football players were studying that hard? They were prepping for probably the biggest games of the lives of that. All point. right,
1: could let's bring you in on this one.
4: He said, and I quote, these guys don't get to play in an NFL season. They don't get to go to rehab all day. They got school. They got study halls. They got things to do, he said. Those bodies at that age aren't developed like a man is. For me, they're going to the NFL for some of these seniors the next year. Are they going to be developed by then? In one more year, Jimbo Fisher? Ah. I don't think so, but I want to bring something back, what you were saying earlier, okay. Fino, and you were talking about Auburn. You were saying how Auburn could be the, you know, the best team in the nation. And they had to
1: sneak by a team in a Hail Mary, I know that, but like, they're a great well they, team. They had
4: a couple situations where you know, they won the game in the last seconds. I don't know if that exactly describes a great team. Michigan State
1: won most of their games. With confidence. They did. I mean, but the thing is, Michigan State got hot at the right time, guys. Mm. They got hot. But I'm just saying, if you compare Michigan State's offense to the beginning of the season, to the end of the season, everything just got cooking. No, I mean, yeah, you like that? that? I I was like, like, no no pun intended. But but do you think
2: they got hot or did they just improve? I think they just. Well, you look at it,
1: I, I think they got hot, and I think that's like a kind of a very similar thing. I think the defense improved. Because you were already solid and they became unbelievable. And I think offensively they got hot. I think all the pieces just came together. Right. They caught the ball, guys. They caught the the football.
4: D'Antonio saw this from the beginning. He knew. Well, he didn't know. But he really, really expected to see a spot in the Rose Bowl. And he got that. And they won. You can't. You can't argue that Michigan State had a great football team this year. For me, I think that they could have been a number one contending team. I also agree with Harry; they would have shut down Jameis Winston. They had a lot of opportunities to be great, and they proved that
1: they were great in all those opportunities. Here's my thing, though, about it is, and you know, we'll get you back here, Harry. But the, the thing is, ever you know, my famous expression: Rome wasn't built in a day. Mm-hmm. So, Harry, you know. I know you're eager to come in on this one, but Austin made a comment. He goes, you know, Michigan State accomplished what they wanted to. It was That's the Rose Bowl. Okay, guys, they can compete for a national title. That's next on the radar. These guys have never tasted BCS before. And now they will never because the Rose Bowl is now, kind. Of, I would argue, to diminish. We'll bring that in like 10 minutes. But the thing is, guys, they've never tasted BCS and Rose Bowl. They win this bowl. This is huge. One of the biggest wins for the program. Now we can't settle and be like, we can't have it all in one moment here. Michigan State, now they won the Rose Bowl. Now you. Now they know what it feels to be a champion. Now Outback Bowl champion. Not Capital One Bowl champion. Not Cookie Cutter, Fino Bowl champion, Impact Sports Bowl. No. The thing is – I don't know. I just came up with that. The like thing – yeah, yeah. I cookie mean, Cutter. Yeah, the impact William sports, Sonoma – The, Williams, the <laughs> William Sonoma Cookie Cutter Bowl. Yeah, brought to you by go. Aaron Elke. There you but, go. And the point is – now they taste national title. Now they can taste it. They've won Rose Bowl. That's a building block. So next year you bring back an offense. You bring back an offense that's Langford comes back. These guys come back. This is a healthy guy. This is a healthy group. So my take is here on this beast. Now the BCS is gone. So now you, you now you know this playoff system. You don't have to shoot for one two anymore. It's a different mindset with the BCS. Totally different mindset. So now with this top four, they have to shoot for that top four and get to those bowls. And get to that top four bowls. Because, you know, with the system, it's like a couple bowls rotating. Chick-fil-A, Rose, Sugar, Orange, Fiesta, and um, Cotton Bowl. Mm-hmm. Those are the, the six. That's six or whatever it is. Those are the six that are rotating now. There's six bowls that rotate. And for what people know, the way the system is, it's you have two of those teams that are, are the semifinalist games, and that's the bowl. And then you have the national title game, which is another bowl. The point is, if you win the Rose Bowl, it could be a semifinal game. Okay. Now, if Michigan State wins the Rose Bowl next year, and it's a semifinal game, hypothetically, now we talk about the Rose Bowl being diminished. Is the Rose Bowl now being diminished? Because now the players, I already know what, I already, I'm a journalist, and I already know what the cuts for the interview are going to be. We're very happy that we got, this, we got this win, but this is not our step here. This is We want a national title. I don't
2: think it diminishes the Rose Bowl because the same exact thing was said about the last one. I think this is just going to take some time to get adjusted to. And then soon enough, we're going to be calling for eight, just like after the BCS. We weren't happy with that. We were calling for four. And I just want to throw it back to before the BCS system. Think about how they chose a national championship. People that weren't even involved in the sports, AP writers, mm-hmm. they chose who won the national championship. As an athlete, that has to be terrible to know that the, even if you win, go undefeated, win your don't last season. Don't even get me started. You have people that don't even play the sport making the decision. It's out like the Hall the of best. Fame. Yeah, exactly. It's terrible. Don't even make me start. And that's why I think this is great. And that's why I think college basketball has the format that college football should try to em, em, uh, employ. I think that would be great. Knowing that you can be national championship champions if you just win. Dude, look at the way and, the and, FCS and does win. it.
1: The FCS. Yeah. You know, at college game day, we went to North Dakota State. The Bison. It's not Bison. It's Bison. bison. That's a key thing mm-hmm. they uh-huh. Anyway, they do like an eight-team or I think an eight-team playoff. That's exactly what FDS does. It's an eight-team playoff, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Higher seed host a game. It's gridiron football. Go. You know, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what I expect. Out of this, I expect that kind of atmosphere. with bigger programs. And guys, what do you think this is all about? What is this really all moolah. about at the end of the day? It's not about
2: something more important than the moolah. moolah. It's our whole yeah, <laughs> Nice. That was an army. From the hey, Detroit. Guys, that it's about moolah. That yes. was pretty good.
1: Sean <laughs> from Detroit. The point is, oh, really? You're from Detroit? Are you from like Troy? No, 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 <laughs> you know what no, no, I'm no, saying? Just saying? I'm just saying. I know. I, I think know. you're just Let jealous of our Detroit swag a little bit. Right. I think that's what it is. He's right, jealous of our swag a little bit. Exactly. Maybe. Maybe. He's a Jersey kid. But the thing is, guys, it's (laughs) Jersey. It's Jersey. The thing is, it's driven about money, guys. It's driven about money. So, is this? Let me ask you this: Is the system mediocre? Is this going to breed mediocrity?
4: I don't think so. It's NCAA football. Everybody just needs to take a step back and watch the games. Watch the players play. Watch them aspire to get to the ultimate goal. But let me ask: We've lost that. But
1: let me ask you this: Okay, we mentioned now who's picking who? Who's picking to go in that top four? In the new system, who's picking it? Athletic directors, right? Yeah, athletic directors. directors. Mark Hollis is picking it great. (laughs) The point is, no no disrespect to Michigan State's athletic director, but the thing is, you talk about not playing the game, not playing the sport. We were just debating this issue. Mm -hmm. This guy guy hasn't played a down in his life, a a collegiate sport. Now, maybe he has. I'm pretty sure he hasn't. I'm almost 99% sure unless he signed up tomorrow (laughs) or yesterday. But the thing is, guys, that's what it is. It's athletic directors of major conferences plus... Notre Dame, of yeah, course, yeah. Um, but the point is, why does Notre Dame get a seat at the table
2: because they're Notre Dame, right? Honest, I mean, they had that one, nat- they had the national championship run last year, but before that, they were basically irrelevant for the 20 years previous to that. Yet, somehow, they keep their seat at the table. Somehow, people still buy tickets to go see the game. Somehow what is it all they about their own network? Money, obviously, that's money. what I'm saying. But, hey, <laughs> if money is bringing me two semifinals games where one and in, one in four and two and three in the nation are playing against each other to decide it all, all the marbles on the table, that's like having two national championships and then another national championship don't you, on top of it.
1: I agree, but Imagine don't you think this – I mean, it's going to be unbelievably hype, and I'm very excited to see how the 14 team playoff will play out and how it, the style in the season approaches. Mm-hmm. Can Michigan State – and if you're thinking of Michigan State aspect, can they afford to lose a game and still get in that top four? I think Michigan State's schedule next year is going to be so difficult. I don't think they can afford to lose more than two games.
2: They can They can lose that Oregon game because teams that lose at the beginning of the year, they obviously have a lot of time. Yes. And it's in Eugene, tough place to play. Throw mm-hmm. up the O's. You know how it goes
4: over there. Yep, Nike I know. Everything. Nike,
1: everything. But Goody, what do you think? Hit a two-loss Michigan State team make the national title next year? No. I said no.
4: Yeah, unfortunately not. That's the way
1: the system is. Mm-hmm.
4: But, I mean, it, like Harry was saying, if you get that one loss, you still get a shot. And uh, this Michigan State team is good. They're real good. That's good. You can't diminish them. They will put it all out there Guys, next year. The team. Yeah, D'Antonia will come back out with another scheme, another plan with players that are ready to
1: play. He's got an offense coming back. We got defensive parts. We're, you know, you, you know, know what? was something funny about Coach D. I was trying to, I was trying to figure out what the magic like formula was, and I've come up with my own hypothesis. <laughs> the magic formula. I think fate's mother brings the, the Antonio some food. That excellent <laughs> cooking. I think that's the <laughs> one drone. I think mean, that's a that? joke. You know, I thought this—it's <laughs> that excellent cooking. Exactly. I thought you were going to be serious. The heart too. I, I thought
4: you were going to lay some true, true like insight on like Wisdom. to all of us uh, from the
1: head of I mean, Mark I could, Antonio. Yeah, no, no, no. But that but was just a funny. I'm sure her cooking is amazing. It is incredible. But the, it. But, but the but but the thing, guys,
4: personal <laughs> dinner.
1: There you go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you bailed. But the thing is, the thing is, with the guys, is a two long cannot make it. Mm. And Coach D understands that. It's going to be a different mindset. And guys, Coach D is a hell of a coach. Guy's coming off a race, making you know, you know it goes from $1.8 million in compensation to four point four million a year. Guy's making a lot of money, rightfully so. Rightfully so. He deserves it. He deserves it. He 100% it. deserves yeah. it. He's a great coach. A guy can coach anywhere. He's quiet about Texas, but I think the big thing is he sees Michigan State as not a stop. He sees it as a destination. And going forward is is Michigan State cannot settle for just Rose Bowl or some years the Rose Bowl will just be anything. It won't mm-hmm. be even in the, it, it won't even be in the playoff picture. But guys, Michigan State cannot settle now. Now they're at the point with basketball they've never settled. Coach Izzo has never gotten to settle, which is why Coach Izzo is an incredible coach. Nothing against Coach D, he's never been to this point before. He's never been there. So now that he's here and he's at this point he cannot let his guy settle. I don't think he will. But I think that's going to say something about it. Is settling and how he plays out. I mean,
2: exactly. And I think a big component some last that, of not settling is keeping Narduzzi. I don't know. What teams were thinking about not hiring this guy, I would have thrown the book at him, giving him as much money as he wanted. And they the did. guy needs to be a head coach ASAP. He's going to, you know
4: it. I understand he's doing
2: a great job at MSU, but give him a
1: shot. Guys man. give him two years. Yeah. He's gone in
4: two years. I think Coach D and Narduzzi are gonna pull it together next year again. I think okay. we're gonna have another good season here at MSU for the Michigan State Farm Spartan football uh, so, football team. So to wrap up Jesus. our B Yeah, you're okay.
1: <laughs> to wrap up our BCS discussion a little bit, bringing up MSU football in that play. So you say eighteen playoff. I'm saying eighteen playoff. Are you saying eighteen playoff as well? Or you think four is good?
2: I think eighteen playoff. Five, 18. five conference winners. I'll say this:
1: we'll get to eight teams eventually. But guess yeah. what? We're at four now. It's what we are. It's I'm what happy with four. It's better, It's Guys, Better. It is better. There's a yeah, playoff in place, and I, I think it's safe to say Jimbo Fisher's comments are ludicrous. Maybe. Any other <laughs> superlatives you want to throw in there? Ridiculous. Ironic. Ironic. Anything Moronic. else for Jimbo Fisher's comments? You know, he's
4: just. Another guy saying a bunch of things. We all have opinions. We're talking imp- opinions on the pact. Like,
1: opinions on the pact. That's just what he We are embracing the Spartan debate. Guys, you know where to find <laughs> it. it is WDBM East Lansing, East Lansing, Michigan. This is the pact. You know the number as usual. We'll hit a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little A Rod.
3: You're listening to the pact on 88.9 FM, WDBM East Lansing.
0: For more variety than you'll hear on
2: any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week.
4: Wednesday nights from 8 until midnight, it's the Impact's Accidental Blues. Your source for great blues music, news, and concert information.
3: Only on Impact Primetime.
2: Hola, my name is Esperanza. After a tragic incident, I was forced from a life of riches in Mexico to a life of poverty in the United States. My mother has become ill, and We have become separated from our family. Now I must work for both of us to try to bring the rest of our family together. My name is Esperanza, and I am trying to survive. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Esperanza Rising by Pam Munoz Ryan. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Arts Council.
3: And now back to the pact here on 88.9 FM.
1: Is right. We're back on the pack. It's Fino, your host, every Mondays from 7-8, 7-2 Eastern Time here in WDBME Slansing, Michigan um, with the Packed panelists. We're bringing everyone together here, guys. And yeah, Shark, we're talking a lot of stuff today. But um, the thing is, um, guys, we're bringing this back. We got Harry back here. Austin's here. Faith, welcome back. And of course, Lou, welcome back. Um, guys, I want to know your take taking this whole Rodriguez issue. I mean, I spoke about it briefly, my kind of opening monologue, but guys, I mean, I said what I had to say. I thought it was pretty ridiculous with a I think he's unfairly treated. Harry, what do you think?
2: I think it's fascinating. I loved I love the 60 minutes when he was talking about gummies, steroids and gummies. Think about that.
0: Hook me up. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Hook me up, right? Hook me up.
2: I do think Bud Selig is going crazy vendetta on Alex Rodriguez. Oh, without a doubt. He didn't catch him failing a drug test. He's going off. Of Tony Bosch's testimony, when they paid Tony Bosch's guys, I say, they paid like, him off. Yeah, they they paid Tony Bosch's legal fees, his security team. It's pretty much like they paid Tony Bosch to talk about. They A. extorted Ron. him. They extorted him pretty much, and that's even though it's the MLB, that's still not not that's not okay in the legal system. That doesn't he seem like tw- it would fly at all. Yeah,
1: he, also he passed twelve drug tests. I mean, he didn't fail one. You heard what I said about the the, the drug policy about Major League Baseball. Fail 150, fail 200, fail three, you're gone from the game. Now, Sealy's going out next year, he's retiring, and he just wants to just, I mean, exile is a word, (laughs) vendetta against Rodriguez, I don't know, but I just want to know what your thoughts on this one is. I feel bad for Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. You know, I feel bad for him. For any
4: athlete that's trying to just play their sport and be themselves, he's going through so <laughs> much. He's going through so much right now. They're making him a public figure, a negative public figure, and that's just going to ruin him as a baseball player.
1: And that's unfortunate because they're going to tarnish his legacy. His legacy exactly. is obviously tarnished, and it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He
0: did it to himself. Yeah. I mean, yeah, straight right. up, I'm sorry, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I do agree with Harry, though, saying, like, the MLB, that's a little bit shady, what they're doing behind the scenes. But he did it to himself. I mean, we should not reward cheaters. And technically, he is cheating. Whether or not he, you know, he passed or didn't pass 12 of these tests, he's still cheating. So he's guilty either I, way.
1: I mean, he's 100% guilty, fate. But my argument is he, he okay— the, the thing is, he admitted to he admitted to a drug test. He admitted to testing positive. Or no, no, no. He never tested positive. He admitted to taking it. Never tested positive. Right now, according to the drug, sneaky po-
0: guy. <laughs>
1: see, yeah, he admitted to it, but he passed twelve drug tests. According to the policy Major League Baseball put uh, put forth, he should not be suspended at all. Whether he cheated or not, that's for the Hall of Fame guys to decide.
0: But technically, <laughs> I mean, taking these drugs is illegal, so. Either way, I mean, just in my eyes, that's what I'm seeing. He
1: cheated, but he should not be penalized in Major League Baseball because, by the book, though Lou, he didn't do anything wrong. By the book, he that's didn't. That's true, do anything. but I think ethically and morally, another story. You gotta
3: respect the book, Lou. <laughs> Absolutely respect the by book. The book. <laughs> but I think the MLB is is thinking exactly what faith is, faith is thinking, and it's the perception that he took the PED. Oh, give know? me a break! No, it is, no, but that's on, what it I is definitely. because they don't want. They don't want fans thinking, oh, you know, because everyone still thinks that he didn't test. He didn't test positive, but everyone knows that he was on him because he said it. And as far as that's concerned, that's all Selig cares about. He doesn't care about these. And you're right; it isn't. I mean, it's not right because he didn't test positive, and there is no actual proof. But. That's just the case. Everyone thinks he did it. They want to wipe their hands clean. What what are you going to
1: think about Major League Baseball? What are they going to think about Major League Baseball? Okay. When you look at it and they look at everything and they're like, look at all these guys that are cheating or not cheating. You don't know. And they they got the whole thing with the Hall of Fame and who did and who did it. But my thing is, he didn't test positive. And the thing is where Rodriguez is, in his case, he's just, look, faith is right. Like the guy's a cheater. He did it to himself. Right, 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 right. But the thing is. Major League Baseball is going about this unprofessionally. How come they How come he didn't cut a deal? Braun got a deal. He got 65 games. He mm-hmm. cut a deal. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Braun? This guy's a faith athlete. They cut him a deal. Why didn't they cut Rodriguez a deal? Yep, and, That's wrong. And Lou was
2: talking about perceptions, but the more the MLB plays this out, the more it plays into the perception that every baseball player is on steroids. And now what I think the MLB should do is I, should, I think they should just chill on the steroids. Let the players take it. I want to see players walking out like Yetis, Ses- Sasquatch, yeah seven hundred feet, seven hundred feet home runs out of the park. Absolutely, why not? Why not? You want to know why? It's made, so entertaining.
1: major league baseball, a bunch of crooks. And the reason why they're crooks is because they weren't complaining when they're making millions of dollars. When they had that home run race, they weren't making millions of dollars when they're making it from bonds and that chase. They made so much money from that, and they're not complaining. Yep. But they collected, they filled their pockets, and now they got the purist here. It's like mm-hmm. Jane. It's like the purist. It's like pure and whatever. It's like. <laughs>
2: They're on their high horse. Pretty yeah, much. exactly. The,
1: horse. the point is now they want to criticize it, but yeah. they didn't want to criticize it back then when they're collecting money. Yep. What is with that?
2: I don't know. Faith, Time's changed. Tell me. Tell me, Faith. Time's
0: Love change. Times mean, have changed? Yeah, I mean, they're illegal now. It's, like, the, just... it's the
3: public scrutiny. That's what's
1: changed.
0: Guys, it's the public. But
1: here's the thing. They want to punish guys in the Hall of Fame for getting in the Hall of Fame when steroids were legal, when they could do them. And, and, also, and, puni- and the public scrutiny
2: comes when they fail drug tests. so why not just not give him drugs? drug And A-Rod tests? didn't even
1: fail one. They're what am I saying about ex-
3: perception? That's what it is. I mean, it, it, doesn't ma- it, it doesn't matter that he didn't fail because everyone thinks that he's been on drugs. And whether he passed it or not, everyone thinks he is. That's as good as him being on drugs. It's as good as him failing a drug test. I mean, test.
4: baseball's a money thing. And it eventually will matter that he passed the drug test, though. I mean, A-Rod deserves a little bit of light here.
1: And people are just never, pushing him back down. That's not He never failed the drug test. He never Exactly. A-Rod. He That's never failed saying. the test. They're bullying A-Rod. Faith, <laughs> he do you, doesn't like it. Faith, what do you think about all this? I mean.
0: You take consequences for your actions. Yeah, I mean. And what he did was illegal. That's like. I mean, and I, and a complete, like I said, I think the MLB is shady. What they're doing behind the back, don't like it.
1: I'm just saying set a precedent. That's all I'm saying. He's paying the consequences. It's costing him $25 million.
0: Well, yeah. Dang right and, it and, should. And, and he
1: doesn't need that money. I mean, yeah, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't need that. Unless it's
2: he not... blew it all on steroids, then he might need the
1: money. Well, <laughs> from, well, from what we do know, was according yeah. to Tony Bosch, is that he paid twelve thousand a month for steroids. A That's
0: month. a lot of money. Not for a
2: Rod, though. I mean, he's
0: making just it in him for the gummies. and they have <laughs> text messages. I would, and everything. I, I would not pay that. Guys, hook for me up with some gummies. No. Right? Some gummies. No, get, some no, get some. Wrong, g- bad idea. But but
1: Lou, but you you understand it, it's public perception. You remember all that. But my thing is, you remember the negative, not the positive. I mean. Give me it that. is. It is. I,
3: but I mean, and that's just why they're throwing the book at him. Because, uh, but so unfortunately, wrong. the book respect. is kind of made up. It's so point, wrong. I respect, the
1: respect, Lou. You respect the book. I don't even respect the book. You know, screw the book. I want to say a couple things about the book. I can't really say on air, guys. But it was fun <laughs> doing the pack as usual, guys. It's at that closing moment that dreaded eight o'clock has come upon us on Mondays. You know where to find us on the pack. That debate. That embracing the Spartan debate. Look for our new PSA on the impact. We have a new one. Fino wrote it. So. Last thoughts, Harry? Turn up. Turn up as usual, Austin.
0: Hey. babe. Hey. Have a good week, guys. <laughs> yeah, have I a don't good even one. know what to
1: say. Good week, everyone. You know, as always, same place, 7-8 on Mondays and 88.9 FM. The number's the same, 517-432-3893. Only on WDBME, East Lansing, Michigan. It's the pack. Vino signing off. We'll see you guys next week at 7.